Welcome to the NPL Sunday Night Show, powered by the Brisbane Football Review. Hosted by Scott Owen. Well, firstly, what a surprise Adam goes through a game at Morton Bay. And Adam Pace. I was gonna say, I was actually gonna say, yep, that's that's pretty much me in a nutshell. Let's let's go have this one. Your weekly NPL recap starts now. Welcome to another edition of the Prison Football Review's NPL Sunday Show, where we recap everything in the week of Queensland football. It's been a massive week of cup and league action. Adam, how are you? I'm good, Scott. How are you on this uh, fine Sunday evening? It's a very fine Sunday evening, but a very busy week, though. Oh, yeah. Uh, plenty of football. As you, as you said in your, your intro, uh, not, not only in, in league football, midweek catch-up games, and also as well, the magic of the cup was sprinkled around uh, there in, this, in these parts of, uh, of uh, the uh, country. Most certainly was, and we will get to the league action in just a moment, but we will start off with a very quick recap of the Australia Cup games. We'll have a full recap after the completion of the round of 32, but there were wins for the Brisbane Raw, Brisbane City, unfortunately a loss for Magpies Crusaders and Logan. And what's your quick quick takeaway? A couple of good performances from sides, but unfortunately a couple falling just short as well. Yep, a great cup night at uh, at the Parc de Paris on Wednesday night. Good to see Brisbane City after sort of a slowish start and a bit of a shock goal from the visitors, but they end up, you know, be able to get rest control of the game. Uh, in the other games, quickly, Brisbane Raw was a very, very good performance. Uh, I know Hollenberg did sort of put up a fight in the second half. Uh, Logan Lightning were, were valiant in defeat against a, what was a much superior team in Adelaide City, who I think are going to go pretty well, to, if I'm being fair. And uh, look, uh, big night for Magpies Crusaders, you know, off the pitch, but on the pitch. Uh, yeah, no, I think it went as expected. And uh, White York's debut as a A-League manager staff with a big win. Absolutely. Very good win for MacArthur up there in Mackay. And we've got a couple of missteps with the goal graphics on that game on our social media platform. So we apologise for that misstep. Hopefully that won't happen again. But we will have a full recap of the round of 32 later in this week. We also have a preview of this week's clash between Peninsula Power and Northwest Sydney Spirit FC coming out later in the week, featuring an interview with Rick Coglin. So keep your ears out for that one the next day or so, Adam. But we will move on now to the league action, our bread and butter here on the MPL Sunday show. We'll go back to a midweek fixture from round two in the MPL competition. Just quickly, a two-all draw between Eastern Suburbs and Morton Bay. East went up two goals thanks to Godfrey DeBelli and Alex Simmons. Rio Wono and Nick Bernardi got a point for Morton Bay, and it's a, a point for each side, and that's about all you can say from it, isn't it? Yeah, I think uh, obviously both teams, have, we, we, we did mention that both uh, clubs are probably now in that position where they're just, they're just trying to you know, stay ahead of the relegation zone creeping up on them and they need to get points. A uh, point each is handy, but sort of really, again, it's, uh, it's, that's becoming sort of a mid-table mid, uh, battle now. Most certainly. So that was from round two during the week. From round 19 this weekend, Adam, we'll start with the game which we covered live at the ground on Saturday evening up there at AJ Kelly Park in Redcliffe. 1-0 win for the home side, Peninsula Power over Olympic FC. A penalty from Sam Cronin on or, on or about the half an hour mark gave Peninsula Power the win in what was a pretty tight contest otherwise. Yeah, it's had a typical um, semi-final feel to it. It was just, there was no real quarters given. Uh, and uh, look, I, I think that 
at the end of the day, it, there was only one clear-cut chance as far as sort of the scoring goals and Sam Cronin's penalty took it after Brenton Fox uh, won, won the penalty, which which looked to, from our vantage point fairly clear. I think maybe Brenton Fox did a little, little you know, over-embellishing it, but I look, you know, there's, there's clear contact and, yeah, it was a very, very easy decision to make and Sam Cronin put it away. But look, uh it's one of those games at the moment. I think where the top four at the moment is sort of, it's sort of sort of taking shape at the moment. Probably a more important three points for Peninsula Power as far as you know if they they're trying to push up to perhaps uh, secure a home final. But uh, Olympic, who sort of their, their their form lately has been a little bit worrying. So I think Ben Carter be uh, looking to correct the ship. Although their their task doesn't get much easier with the with uh, the, the their next game. We'll get to that in just a moment, but I do, I do think Brenton Fox, there was certainly contact on that penalty. You might be right, he might have sold it quite well but and, and embellished it, but there was certainly more than enough contact to give the penalty, in my view, anyway. So a deserved penalty and a win there for Peninsula Power. It's the first time, though, that we have seen Power since the appointment of Rick Coglin in person. Adam, and how, what, did you, how, what did you think of them? It, it seemed like not much has changed in the way they play. I can tell still is that continuity, and I think this is what was, it was all about by bringing him on board, was that the thing, while things may change, things remain the same. And uh, yeah, look, they, they, they seem to they seem to have a certain style. It's, it's the power way. It's not the, you know, it's, it's not, you know, the Rick Coggan way importing it in. Like I said, it seems to be all flow. Of course, there are subtle changes and, you know, certain, you know, subtle things that you can notice, but Look, uh, like I said, they, they are—they are, you know, a big club. They're a successful club, and look, you don't—you don't, you don't um, fix what ain't broke. And at the moment, other than sort of, you know, you look at the really sort of maybe that they're—they're trailing lines at the top of the ladder at the moment. And maybe a couple of losses here or there, but it's sort of business as usual for power. And I, I think also as well, where where they could really make a splash as well is, you know, is their upcoming cup run. Absolutely, no point changing things that are not broken. And speaking of the upcoming cup run, it was very important for, for Peninsula Power. And what is a big week for the club? They've got the cup tie midweek and then the local derby against your favourite side, Morton Bay, Adam, at the weekend. So to get through that game relatively, what seemingly unscathed, was a, a real bonus as well. Yeah, big, big week, uh, th- three games in eight days for them, including uh, the, the Morton Bay derby, which uh, Morton Bay went, went up to... Uh, went up to AJ Kelly Park and took the win. So I think Peninsula Power will be looking to go to Walter Park on Sunday afternoon and getting what would be a vol three points in the chase uh, for top spot because uh, the, the two teams above them will also clash uh, this weekend. And uh, so it might be they need that three points to make a sort of a real move if they're just trying to get into that top two. And Adam will be there with his yellow and black on, confirmed. Am I? You confirmed. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. But <laughs> all right. On a more serious note, after the game, we caught up with the head coach of Peninsula Power, Rick Coggle. That's what he had to say after his opening up a 1 0 win over Olympic, and we'll be back right after this. Right, we're joined by the coach of Peninsula Power, Rick Coggle. Rick, 1 0 win here over Olympic. Must be very happy with that result. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, very, very pleased to pick up three points against uh, you know, a side like Olympic. Um, yeah, good performance, solid performance. Uh, yeah, very pleased with three points. Just the start of a busy week for the club. We've got the cup time midweek, so as a local derby next Sunday. It must be pleasing to get through that game unscathed. Yeah, absolutely. I think that was obviously a, a really important factor to make sure we can also lead into Wednesday one off the back of a good performance and hopefully a good win. Uh, but two, uns- unscathed, you know, full bill of health, which uh, which we did. So yeah, very pleasing all around. 
can imagine that having such a big game on the Saturday here must make it easy to focus this week on this game as opposed to getting too far ahead of yourself with the cup tie. Yeah, of course. I think it's, it's a cliche, but yeah, one game at a time. You know, we've got to focus on making sure we're in the top four first and foremost, and then and then turn our attention to Wednesday night in the cup. So this win does move you up into third on the table, given other results this weekend. Mm. That top four spot is looking pretty good fit at the moment. Yeah, again, it's it's not over to it's to the end. You know, we've got to keep working hard and keep grind, grinding out results. You know, we gave away some some poor results um, and dropped some points recently in East midweek. Um, so yeah, it was really important that we picked up some solid points today against uh, a team like, like Olympic. You know, it, it was a great result. It was great. Good luck midweek. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you to Rick once again for his time up there at Asia Kelly Park on Saturday night. Adam, in terms of Olympic, you mentioned it's a very the start of a very tough run for them. They have Lions FC and Gold Coast Knights back to back in the next couple of weeks. So it's a couple of really good tests for for Ben Cards. So I'd see exactly where they're at heading into another semi final series. Yeah, and I think as well, it may be a case of it just doesn't seem to be completely clicking at the moment for them. So they obviously they've got so they've got a good stable side. It's just um, yeah, they just couldn't find a way through um, too too many times against power and uh, like I said, big test against uh, against Lions who uh, potentially could be very very close if not wrapped up the uh, the Premiership race uh, by the time they meet next uh, next Sunday. Actually, speaking of Lions and their quest to wrap up the Premiership, they were looking to take another step close to that on Saturday night at home at Lions Stadium against Gold Coast United. And Louis Fenton did give to give the home side the lead early on before two goals from Justin Mackay and a second-half goal from Joshua Koloski got Gold Coast United a precious win for them. But it just throws a bit of a spanner in the works in the um, Lions Premiership um, ambitions in terms of trying to wrap it up as quickly as possible. Yeah, it's uh, it looks as though now that a win on that they they go to uh, Ballinger Park uh, on yeah you know, I think I think it's Tuesday night maybe maybe not not sure midweek Tuesday it's, it's, mid- it's midweek yeah yeah it's it's midweek I, I only reason I pause because uh, Sunshine Coast just played so Tuesday night would seem to be a very quick turnaround however nonetheless they do have they do have to travel up there. And uh, look, that's, that's no easy fear as well. But if they if they can win that and get three points, they could go to Goodwin Park on uh, on Sunday and potentially wrap up the prem, the Premiership race there, which would be uh, a very very interesting and very hostile sort of uh, environment to go to. But uh, to, to wrap it up, but uh, it is yeah. But for Gold Coast United, very important win because I think they're probably. I think math, well, mathematically it's probably a few others, but I think realistically Gold Coast United looked like the only team, team outside the top four that that you know, could possibly break in should the results you know break their way. But uh, I think for them, they they need to they need to win they need to win. They got the win against the Lions, which was probably unexpected. But then they've got to somehow beat both Gold Coast Knights, which is the derby on Friday night, and uh, as well um, Peninsula Power, which I believe they have a midweek. Uh, game at Coplex for and they they need they must win both those to keep at least to even you know keep the hope of making top four uh, alive. So uh, it's it's a big big test for Gold Coast United and and look uh, no one expect them to go to to the gold line and take take the three points there. So look who knows uh, Great Pedic you know, it probably has them up for the fight. Maybe we should have expected it, given the Lions have lost two games this year, both of them sides from the Gold Coast. So maybe that might be the trick for us in competition to move down to the Gold Coast and maybe you'll get a win there. But no, but you mentioned that game against Mitchell Power. And that is in the week, midweek of August 23rd to the 25th. So 
that power game is still a long ways away. And if Coach and I can pick up a fair few points in the in the preceding four games before that, it could very well be a de facto playoff game for a top top four position. If they can close that gap at the moment, it is a six-point gap between the two sides. So it's a bit of a gap, but it can be closed. Yeah, look, the Gold, Gold Coast Knights as well have got a game in hand. They're sitting in fourth at the moment. But uh, look, you'd ex- so expect it's a five-point gap, I beg your pardon, to Gold Coast in fifth, but we'll go through a table in a minute. Yep. So, but uh, yeah, so they they're gonna have to win a couple of games against Gray and hope results go go uh, go their way as far as your know, other results. So it, it's no easy feat, but all they can do is is win the games in front of them and and hope for a slip up elsewhere. I think Destiny's probably still just just barely in their hands. Absolutely. Speaking of Gold Coast Knights, they kicked off the round on Friday night with a nil-all draw at home to the Brisbane Raw Academy. Adam, there's been a lot said about the Brisbane Raw in this competition the last couple of weeks, but that's a really good performance away from home to a top-four side, coming away with, with a point and a clean sheet. Yeah, I think a much improved performance by by the young Raw. Uh, I think the Gold Coast Knights were fairly fairly sort of, you know, unlucky not to not to find you know find the goals, but at the end of the day, it, it's a uh, it's a it's probably a valuable point for the raw just to just to sort of you know to to break that losing streak. You know, a good a good performance. I'm sure Chris Cross will be pretty happy with that performance. Gold Coast Knights. It does it does set up again an intriguing uh, Gold Coast derby as well. Uh, especially you know Gold Coast United. You know, you know with a big scalp of lions. Uh, that this weekend, that that's that, that's set up for a, you know, a massive showdown uh, on Friday night. Most certainly is. Look ahead to the three games played today on Sunday, starting off down there at John Fredericks Park between Morton Bay United and Capalabar FC. It was a 4 0 win for Morton Bay United. Two goals from Will Gulo, one from Rio Wono, and one from Nick Bernardi was enough to get a 4 0 win for the for the visitors. And unfortunately, Adam, that that result, coupled with the results elsewhere, means that Capalabar have been officially relegated from the NPL Queensland for 2022, and they'll be playing in FQPL1 next season. Yeah, I think I think it was more of a matter of when, not if. And uh, look, Capalabar put up some good performances this year, but look, too far too far in between. And yeah, look, uh, Morton Bay, Morton Bay, uh, get, getting uh, a I, yeah, I get a, a good three points for them, but that's an aggregate of 13 to nil uh, this season, uh, which, which uh, a bit bit more of that. Uh, might, might have seen uh, Morton Bay sort of closer in the fight, but uh, yeah, but and I think the most ironic thing is uh, Rio Ono, the man who actually scored the goal to send Capalabar up to uh, up to uh, MPL a couple of years ago, is the man that that. Uh, that saw them go down, go down a couple of years later. So he scored that goal against Logan in the 2019 mm. final round. I think it was in that game that helped Capalabar secure the second spot into the NPL that year. Their, their three-year run in NPL is unfortunately coming to an end. Speaking of teams at that end of the table, Adam, Brisbane City and Logan did battle at Spencer Park on Sunday night. It was a 4-1 win for the home side. This game, two goals from Kai Bolton in the second half. Couple with goals from Fraser Hills and Yuta Hirayama in the first half gave Brisbane City a comfortable win. Jacob Batubi got a goal back for Logan, but it seemed like the cup exerts during the week really played a part in this game, didn't it? Because Brisbane City seemed like they started really fast and buoyed of confidence, and Logan just seemed a little bit sluggish, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, I think the wash up in that is uh, Logan seems to be one step behind. 
behind City, especially the start of both halves. Uh, uh, both both uh, both goals, two goals in the first half were scored within ten minutes of of the of kickoff, and in the second, same factor, Kai Bolton scored twice inside nine minutes. So it's, it, it, but again, you got to got to take into account for for Logan as well that you know being a you know, a, a pro amateur club. You know that you know, go, going to going to Adelaide midweek. You know all the emotion you know, going there. And, that, and look, and as I said, they played very very well again against Adelaide City. I think they should be congratulated for that. But I think that obviously that you know the, the preparation, the you know the, the travel, yeah, and, and sort of you know the the sort of the mental sort of trying to the mental pickup of that. It just they they saw, they saw they were a bit wanting. I think for especially at the start of each half, they they sort of built into the halves. In, in both halves, where they, they sort of really, you know, were even with with Brisbane City, but uh, yeah, they just got they just got jumped in the first uh, couple of minutes of each each half, and that that's pretty much the tale of the tape tonight. They did, and they also had a couple of players go off quite early with mm. slight injury, so that might have also played a part in the outcome. The final game, Old Durham was up on the Sunshine Coast between the Wanderers and Eastern Suburbs, and East took a two 0 lead in this game with goals from Daniel Cunha either side of half time before. A Kyron Walters brace and then a late winner from Andre Janseski saw Fortress Ballinger restored Adam. And it's a pretty important win for the Wanderers and also for recent summers. Maybe it just keeps the door ajar for those teams chasing behind them. Yeah, look, first first to uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, a terrific win. Terrific win. Uh, they they look sort of, you know, they, they look sort of you know, struggling until uh, Kyron Walters broke through and then uh, he had three goals. Three goals late to come back from from two nil down for a valuable three points. It it, it probably assures that they they don't need to really worry too much about looking behind them. I think that probably is enough to to say that you know they they will that they'll continue sort of at least you know they'll finish sort of mid table for for East. Uh, that's that's twice in a week where they've gone up two nil and have dropped points. So I think that might be a bit of a problem for them. And you're right. Uh, that that uh, that yeah, that not picking up points, only one point out of six in the last week for them. Uh, it does it does sort of go keep keep them as far as you know in, within striking distance for both City and Logan, uh, Bristol City and Logan as far as you know potentially uh, dragging them into the relegation zone. Again, again, it's a matter of just getting back and, and winning a game or two, and they they'll be fine. But still, it's, it's enough in that. There's still not a big enough margin to say that you know that they're they're completely safe. Tuna lose the most dangerous goal in football. Just ask the soccer roots coach, Adam. Oh yeah, and uh, and yeah, like I said, and that's uh, you can also ask uh, David Booth after these two games uh, during, uh, in the last uh, week or so. That is for sure. We'll have a look at the table now in the NPL men's competition. Lions do sit top of the table on 42 points with a game in hand over Olympic, who are on 37. That is Peninsula Power, 32. Gold Coast Knights rounding out the top four on 31. Then it's Gold Coast United, 26. Moreton Bay, 25. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 25. East, 22. Brisbane City, 21. Logan, 17. Brisbane Royal Academy on 10. And Capalabar rounding out the table on four points. So it is very much now a battle between five and four. And by this time next week, it could very well be all but locked in in terms of the finals participants for the year. Yeah, and it's just sort of at the end of the day, it's, it's fairly a predictable, uh, sort of the big the big four as well. Look, you almost a way you hope that Gold Coast United can can prolong the uh, chase, but 
yeah, look, it's uh, it looks like that the top four again seems to be established, and they seem to have you know won enough games uh, to be able to to sort of you know, have the finals themselves. And uh, look, it's going to be a hell of a final series. And uh, look, and as we say, that it becomes a new season at the other end of the table. Uh, Look, it's a case of at the moment, uh, Capalba are done, done for as far as they're, they're relegated for. It's their battle for uh, one spot. And look, I think as well, just as a general sort of side note, you know, nothing's going to change as far as Brisbane Roar's, uh, you know, exemption, all that. So why keep talking about it? Look, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm myself and strident in my thoughts on that. But it just yep. seems to be every week on every message board, it's the same question. Oh, why are they why are they exempt? It doesn't matter anymore. They're they're not they're not going down. You know, how about putting that energy into supporting? Does your if your team is one of those teams that are in the the firing line, maybe you should put your energy in going them rather than blaming someone else. Because like as I said, quite frankly, these regulations have been in since February, and if no one picked it up in that time, then you know what can you do about it? I think we've spoken more than enough about yes, that. We have. But very quickly on Capalaba, they now they have officially been relegated. Nothing else, nothing worse can happen to them. It's going to almost free them up in a way, in terms of giving them a bit more freedom to go out there and just express themselves and play the natural game without having worrying about that over their shoulder. Look, I actually think that you, you got you actually do bring up a good point. And actually, now that the, their status is settled, I actually think that makes them more dangerous. And I think that you know teams just can't go there and expect to just you know for them to roll over. I I would hope. I would hope that for the remaining four games that they have left to play, uh, they they could really you know be a banana skin for you know some of these teams as far as their aspirations go. Uh, look, I would I would expect that most teams will you know come away you know come away with three points you know going to to uh, Max Haynes or they they're going to their home ground. But you're right, you know funny things happen you know when. When all the shackles are released and they can basically play with freedom, you know, perhaps you know they they'll give some of the young young kids a go with a view of FQPL next season, and you ju- you just never know. So I think that's a message not to take them lightly now that they actually are officially relegated. Absolutely, they got Brisbane Raw, Logan, Brisbane City, and Peninsula Power in their final four games of the season. And just very well, quickly, see, sorry, just sorry, just on that, Scott, I, I couldn't I couldn't think of who uh, Kapalaba had left, but uh, that is a very very dangerous game for Logan. I think that 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 could almost a loss there, and that could that could probably uh, relegate them. So they cannot go to they cannot take on Harbour thinking oh it's an automatic three points, and I, I know they won't. I think uh, they won't, but look, that is a very dangerous game. It most certainly Sorry. could be. That's no problem. Absolutely. Just very quickly in terms of the gold boot race, it's a the first of the week of the month, so we will go through the gold boot race very quickly. Alex Fechner continues to lead the way on 22 goals ahead of Andy Pengelly and Zach Kiepel, who are tied on 14. That's the top three in the NPL men's competition. We'll move on now to the NPL women's competition, where there were two games played midweek from round 10. A 2-0 win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers at home over Morton Bay. You know, two goals from Tegan Buman in that game for the home side. And Lions FC had a 3-0 win away to Olympic goals from Tegan Riding. Tiana Karambasis and Marielle Hecker in that one. So probably two expected results there midweek, Adam. Yeah, and the the, the uh, juggernaut rolls on as far as as lines go. Uh, for Morton Bay against uh, against uh, Sunshine Coast Wanderers, uh, Morton Bay put up a fight for for a long way in that game, but two late goals to Tegan Boomer. 
Bowman Owls, what uh, end up getting Sunshine Coast Wanderers three three points. Absolutely, and from this weekend, round 13, it started at Perry Park, or Park de Prairie, as I should give it its proper name, on Saturday. <laughs> South United made the trip there to play the QAS, came over with a 2-1 win, two goals from Bella Habuda gave um, South the early lead. A late goal from Chelsea Fairburn got a goal back for the QAS, Adam, but South, they continue to win, and they've moved up to second spot on the table now. Yeah, look, uh, that's an important win for them. Just just a note on QIS as well. They're um, they're doing it without four of their top players at the moment. Are uh, really having a sensational time over over in um, over in Indonesia for the uh, for the uh, young Matildas. Uh, I speak of uh, John T. Fisher, Ella Grady, and um, so the name escapes me. And Charlie Gibson. Uh, are, are all over there, and they actually, they actually scored five of the eight goals against uh, Malaysia uh, midweek. So obviously, that there's a lot of talent there that this QAS side is missing at the moment. But uh, yeah, just back on Souths, uh, yeah, important three points because again, a very very dangerous game. You know, the QAS, you just don't know what they what they're going to produce. Uh, some days they are going to be formidable, other days it's, they're going to be you know they almost uh, get run over. So yeah, you've got to show up and play. But Souths. Uh, they they look like they can they certainly you know, are going to be be uh, leading the pack as far as trying to close the gap on on lines, but lines again I think at the moment are just are just rolling along. Well, I had to buy this week, so they weren't rolling along this week. But I do get your point. It's also great to see some young Queensland talent shining for the national team at the at the younger age groups. Elsewhere from round thirteen, Gold Coast United picked up a five 0 win away. To Olympic FC, Jesse Rashett, Bronte Rose, Momo Hayashi, Charlie Adamson, and Astia Neckbroke on the score sheet. There, it's a been a bit of a slow start to the year for Gold Coast, you know, but they're, they're finding a bit of form now, aren't they? The, the side from down on the coast. Yeah, we we all knew eventually that they were, were going to click in the gear, and it looks like that they've uh, they seem to have found it a rough week for Olympic. But that's probably the two two toughest games that two of the toughest games that you're going to have, you know, back back to back. So uh, so yeah, but. Uh, but yeah, no. Again, Gold Coast South. I think that might be Gold Coast South and Kapalabar, Obviously, as as we expected, and as well East, uh, who who keep on sort of uh, rolling along. That that that's going to be a fascinating um, old battle there. Who's who's going to fill out those finals positions? Because as I said, five five going to four. Absolutely. Speaking so of four East, going to three, I should say. Yeah, well, I get you. I got your point. Yeah. Speaking of Eastern Suburbs, they did roll on on Sunshine Coast against the Wanderers on Sunday evening. Three 0 win there over the Wanderers. Got some Anagoda, Sophie Pearson, and Brie Wallace there to give them the win. Adam and you mentioned they're in really good form. Moment, they just keep on winning. Yeah, um, they're probably probably the most more the most sort of un, under underrated of of those sides just mentioned. But uh, look, they're getting points in the bank, and that's that's the main thing. Absolutely, the final game of the round was up at Walter Park between Capalabar and Morton Bay. It was a 3-0 win for Capalabar over the home side. Two goals from Larissa Crummer and one late from Holly Palmer. So a few experience, couple of experienced players are getting on the score sheet for the for the Bulldogs and getting them a very important three points. Yeah, the newly the newly re-signed uh, for the Brisbane Brisbane Raw A-League women's side, Holly Palmer getting on the score sheet. Uh, she's got a big season ahead, I I do imagine, being you know, almost one of the senior players in that side potentially, but uh, and also Lucy Crummer always amongst goals, which is always a good thing. And she uh, she loves uh, scoring the goals at uh, Walter Park, so you know maybe maybe yeah, there might be something in that for that that home club that maybe about where they can find a goal scorer if they can provide enough. But 
Maybe Gautam Preston could get his side to play there in the upcoming A-League women's season. If that's the, <laughs> if that's the lucky ground for Larissa Kramer, there might be something in that. But look at the table now quickly. In the NPL women's Lions, who weren't active this week, they sit top of the table on 30 points. And there's a 13-point gap to South United, who are on 17. Eastern Suburbs also won 17. Capalaba running at the top four on 16 points. And it's Gold Coast United, 15. Sunshine Coast Wanderers, 15. Olympic, 13. QAS, 6. And Morton Bay United running at the table on five. So it's a real log jam in the middle of the pack there, Adam. And just to give you a bit of a guide of just how much of a, a log jam it is and how one result can change things, Sunshine Coast Wanderers entered the round in second place. And by virtue of other teams around them winning, they've dropped all the way down into six. So it's a very, very tight contest in the mid-pack if you take out lines. It is, but uh, just look at the uh, standings here. The games played, obviously, is going to be huge where Gold Coast United, only nine games played so far. So uh, they they at least, they've got on South, they've got three games on South Bay, two points behind. And they are and a one win, uh, sorry, one one game less than both East and Capalba. So at the moment, should they should they convert those those uh, games played? They look like that they probably run the second. But you're right, uh, they don't, and they, they waste opportunity. Then yeah, like I said, they're sitting in fifth at the moment. So so yeah, that that uh, race between second and sixth, I think, is going to be a a fascinating battle in the way home. Still plenty of games left to go in that. I think up to. Uh, nine games to go for uh sorry 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 seven games to go i should say because you can't yeah. play the bye no you can't play the bye but there's still plenty <laughs> of games to play in the mpl women's competition looking at the gold boot race very quickly it's a, it's a two-way tie at the top between bella habuda and tigre they both have nine goals each and it's a three-way tie for for third place beyond that so we'll keep an eye on how that gold boot race plays out over the next few weeks moving on to the fqpl women's Competition where the top two sides, Adam, were in action midweek in catch-up games. It was a 4-2 win for the Western Pride over the gap. That was from round 14. Then you had from round 15, Peninsula Power, 2-1 winners at home over Virginia United. We won't focus on those games too much because those two sides did play in round 16 action over the weekend out there at Briggs Road. And it was a 2 all draw where Jacinta Perrin and Lauren Brimelow put Western Pride 2-0 up in this game before a brace from Emily Phillips got a point for Peninsula Power. And this is the second time these two sides have played out a draw this season. Now. So if they do meet in the finals, it could very well be an interesting matchup. It's interesting that, uh, yeah, it seems like different uh, different uh, teams seem to have struggles uh, on different different reasons. And, uh, yeah, Western Pride at the moment uh, have, have taken have taken points away from Peninsula Power. So, so yes, it's two draws, but uh, it's better than what most of the other clubs are doing in in this league at the moment. So, so yeah, and uh, on the other hand, Mitchelton seems to have uh, Western Pride's number to a point, and uh, Brisbane City seems to have have also seems to have a good record. So, um, look, this final series, uh, like I said, it looks like Peninsula Power are going to run away with this and probably will secure the premiership. But uh, come finals, it could be very interesting. Also, the other, the other battle at the moment is for the second is for the second spot promotion-wise between uh, Mitchelton and Western Pride. They're, they're both now on equal games played. So uh, I do believe that they have to play one more time. That could be decisive as far as who goes to MPL next year. That's for sure. Well, Peninsula Power have dropped points in three games this season, and two of them were to the Western Pride. So it's probably a good indication the two sides are pretty evenly matched when they play each other. The other games from round 16 in the FQPL 
women's competition. Uh, speaking of Richardson, they had a 3-2 win on Friday night over Virginia United. Two goals from the Golden Boot leader, Kaylee Poofer, another from Rachel Dudley, gave them the win away from home there. Uh, Southwest Queensland Thunder made the trip to Walton Bridge Reserve and came away with a 1-0 win thanks to an own goal over the gap. And in the Sunday game, it was a one-all draw between Logan Lightning and Brisbane City. Daphne Hayami put Logan ahead midway through the second half before a late equaliser for Brisbane City gave them a share of the points. And that win for Mitchelton in particular, Adam, you mentioned it's close to in Western Pride and Mitchelton will go to the table in a moment. But that win does flip those two sides back around once again where Mitchelton have the advantage currently. So it's very tight between those two. It is. And uh, looking at some of teams that seem to have numbers of others, uh, Logan Lightning uh, get, got another draw against uh, Brisbane City, which really damages uh, their hopes for promotion. It most certainly does. So Prince of Power lead the league on 42 points ahead of Mitchelton, 34, Western Pride, 33, Brisbane City rounding out the top four on 27. That's Virginia, 21, Thunder, 13, Logan, 7, and the gap are on two. And in terms of the golden boot in FQPL1 women's, it's uh, Kaylee Poufroy by an absolute mile. She's on 35 goals ahead of Megan McGillig at 13 and Abby Lloyd rounding out the top three on 11. So it's a very clear and decisive golden boot win there for the Mitchelton striker, Adam. Yeah, look, I think that, uh, I think it does send the golden boot to uh, to Taroba Park now. Be careful with that, because you said the same thing about somebody else who we'll talk about in a moment, and that gap has narrowed significantly. So we'll see just, if you can, just, just see to, if just you to can clarify that. that a little bit more as well. Just to clarify that, I, I, I think a lot about Meg McGilligan, but I highly doubt, and this might be a challenge, that she will find 22 goals in, and, and Kaylee Perfoy doesn't score again. So <laughs> I think this one, I am fairly confident that uh, the Golden Boot race is over. But uh, yeah, look, that's been a great season for uh, Kaylee Perfoy. And she's, and she's really uh, potentially put herself sort of, you know, up in lights as far as a player to watch uh, in women's football in these parts. For sure, but the challenge has just been laid out, no doubt about that. We'll move on to FQPL1 on the men's side, and we'll go through the results quickly, then we'll talk about a few things that happened over the weekend. Starting off on Friday night, Redlands United picked up a 2-0 win over Brisbane Strikers, two goals from Guy Santana in that one. South United, sorry, Southside Eagles big pardon, 3-0 winners over the Western Pride, goals from Scott Henderson, Odin Park, and Andoni Kalouris. Caboolture, 3-2 winners over the Ipswich Knights, so late got... Uh, Luca Paul and Begapan with the winner for them in that game. And in the final game played in the round was 1-0 win for Sunshine Coast FC away to Mitchelton. I mean, goal midway through the second half from Ollie Williams with the win there for the Sunshine Coast side. But Adam, we, cu- we covered the game on Friday night between Redlands and Brisbane Strikers. And this was a really good performance from Redlands, wasn't it? Yeah, they, they look like a side that certainly... Uh, Look to be the top of the pile in that in that league, and as well, they're very very close to a return to the MPL. And look, this is a, this is a very very um, very strong composed win uh, by Redlands. I don't think they ever really looked in danger uh, against against strikers. And now, look, Eason Tanner, he's a, a very very underrated player um, that you know I'm sure that you know will sort of you know get to see more of next season in MPL. But uh, look, as of right now. Uh, he he's he's the uh, he's the leading scorer, he's the leading scorer sort of you know, for for Redlands, and and in the league uh, as as you'll uh, tell us shortly. But um, but yeah, look, uh, Redlands uh, 
are on top of the league at the moment, uh, thanks to Rochdale being being stationary because they uh, have a rescheduled game against uh, the uh, Magpies Crusaders, who were playing uh, a much more formidable opponent on the weekend. But uh, but yeah, look, uh, that, that's going to be the, the Premiership race is certainly on in, in FQPL one. That's a big win for Redlands against Strikers, who I think will be staying in in FQPL one this next season. Firstly, why would I tell think, people things that you've already told them in terms of Geese and Tana being the golden boot leader in FQPL one? But in terms of Strikers, you know, this result does officially mean that they will be unable to reach the promotion places and probably also leaves them in a very much uphill battle to reach the finals position. So it's certainly not the year that Brisbane strikers envisioned, and maybe a lot of people envisioned them having, is it? Yeah, no, I think I think we're just considering that, you know, who they bought and sort of, you know, obviously you, you think that, you know, a, a club of their size and, and sort of, you know, significance, you think that that would have been a, perhaps a yo-yo, yo-yo effect, like like what Redlands are doing, where basically they went down, they, they went down, uh, last last season, and they're, and now they they look like they're they're a point away from going back up, uh, and but yeah, for strikers, yeah, not only their promotion is gone, the uh, finals for them it is going to be tough uh, for them to get to uh, get there. There's a big difference between Redlands and the Strikers. Redlands are a very settled team, aren't they? They've got basically the whole team back that they had last year. We saw them just get relegated. Strikers are very much a new team, and I don't think they're anywhere near as settled as the side down there on the base side. That's just my view. Anyway, in terms of the teams at the bottom of the table, some really important results, Adam, for Southside Eagles and Caboolture winning at home. That just certainly does bring a couple of other things back into the race in terms of who could end up in that playoff position. It does seem like there are the lost groups, which may very well consign them to the automatic relegation place, but the battle to see who finishes second from bottom is still well and truly alive. Yeah, um, Southside Eagles, I think, are about a point away from from safety. But, uh, yeah, look, Mitchelton's lost to Sunshine Coast Fire after the form they've been in. Uh, that'd be a bit of a letdown for them because that, that means that uh, Caboolture, who finally fa- found you know, just their second second win uh, and the first win for Matt Proctor's head coach after Terry Kirkham's uh, departure uh, started last week, that, that's got Caboolture sort of right back in the hustings and they're only... And they're only one point behind and have got a game in hand. So, so yeah, Mitchelton might be, again, facing the prospect of potential playoff spot. I think uh, I think you're right about Ipswich Knights. I think the run is going to be a little too late. I think that uh, that loss to Caboolture probably will see them um, go down less results really go in their, in their favour in their last three games remaining. Yeah, I think that result for Richard was a very, very difficult one. They probably needed the win at home, away from home to Caboolture if they were going to stay in the race. We'll have to wait. And so I'll go through the table now quickly, Adam. And Redlands, you know, they do. Oh, sorry. There is one other game from this round which was not played this weekend. That was the game between Rochdale Rovers and Magpies. Says that was postponed due to the latter's involvement in the Australia Cup that will be caught up towards the back end of the season. Well, now we'll go through the FQPL one men's table. And Redlands, you know, I do sit top of the table on 38 points ahead of Rochdale, 36, Western Pride, 27, Magpies, 27, Thunder, 26, Brisbane Strikers, 23, Sunshine Coast Fire, 23, Southside Eagles, 22, Mitchelson, 19, Caboolture, 18, and Ipswich Knights round out the table on 11. Now, Adam, since you've decided you want to take over reading out the golden boot, <laughs> leaders for FQPL1, you can take us through the top three. 
Oh, okay, so uh, so as as I sport before, Guy Santana, 15 goals, uh, leads the Golden Boot Race in FQPL1, ahead of Rochdale's Marek Madley on 13, and Jordan Farina from Brisbane Strikers on 11. They are your top three. Might have been going to unroot out the FQPL2 ones in a moment since he wants to give out <laughs> some spoilers. But first, we'll go through the results from the last seven days in FQPL2. And there was a whole host of cut games, which we won't go into too much detail on. But Albany Creek beat South 3-0. And Turinga drew 2 all with Grange Thistle. Magic, sorry, Sanford 4, Magic 1. And the other catch-up game, Willem Wolves 2, Virginia 1. So they're catch-up games from round 16, 8 and 18 respectively there so they have four five four catch-up games midweek from fqpl two the games played this weekend adam we will start off with surface paris apollo four two winners over grains thistle um teddy watson on the score sheet there for the home side and it's a very important win for the home side because they have secured one of the promotion places into fqpl one next year so congratulations to alex morrison and his surface paris apollo side they will be achieving back-to-back promotions yeah, uh, Meteoric Rise continues for Surface Paradise Apollo. They, yeah, F- FQPL won, and they are not far from getting the job done as far as wrapping up the title there. Yes, they are one point away from that. We'll have to see if they can clinch that next week at their near rivals, Albany Creek Excelsior. Speaking of Albany Creek, as we go through the rest of the results from round 19, they lost 3-0 today to North Star. SC, two goals from Jack Gibson gave North Star the win in that game. Game South United picked up a 3-2 win over Wynnum Wolves on Friday night. Uh, Sanford Rangers, three. Magic United, nil. Holland Park Hawks, 2-0 over Virginia. And the final game, uh, four goals from Hugh Sizerko gave Tringer a 4-3 win over Coomera Colts. Adam, what, what, apart from Surface Paradise, what caught your eye this week in FQPL2? I think uh, Sanford Rangers. I think they, uh, they said it's it's funny how they they probably at their lowest point when they got uh, absolutely belted ten one by uh, Surface Paradise, but they are sitting in third. Uh, a couple of good wins since then. They beat they beat Magic United, which who were a, sort of around sort of the same amount of points, and they well actually not not quite, but uh, sort of they were in that in that part. But uh, but yeah, look, uh, Sanford. They they look like that they are cert- they they're actually just behind uh, Albany Albany Creek as far as second place so maybe a home final might be in in sort of in the sort of the chance for for Sanford uh, Wynnum Wolves sort of drop down in fourth at the moment but uh, look there is one thing that that I think needs to be clarified uh, about FQPL two is that about what actually the promotion places are. Because I've actually I've actually got it open right now on my on my phone uh, the the rules of of the competition and it states clearly that it is the top three teams plus a playoff team go up in uh, in FQPL two. However, I've been reliably told that somewhere else on the Football Queensland website that it's only the top two plus the third, and that seems to be what a lot of people are subscribing to. So. Look, I'm not saying that I'm right. I'm not saying that the people have told me who I trust the sources have told me differently. Just someone at Football Queensland needs to clarify this because this is a a very, very tight race on who goes up, who goes up automatically and who goes up as far as as a promotion. I'm looking at the table right now and sorry to spoil it for you, but um, 
but yeah, look, it's 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 such a close race. I think that now they need to know now which one's correct. Like, and if it it is the latter one with the website that it's only it's only the top two and third go playoff. Well, change the rules of competition, PDF. Like, how how hard is it? Now it's just this communication of this that needs to be cleaned up because, like I said, at the moment, Wynnum Wolves. If you, if you read the fe- from the regulations from February, that seems to no one seems to have read because. Everyone's still questioning why Brisbane Raw and QIS getting exemption. I bring that up again. I apologise. But I'm going to make like, a ban right now on that being brought up ever yeah. again. No, I'm not talking about that anymore. We've <laughs> spoken about that enough. Yeah, I know. But um, yeah, at the moment, uh, look, Wynnum Wolves are looking like they're going in a playoff against, at, the, at this stage, Caboolture. Now, if it's read elsewhere, it's Sanford Rangers that are going up against Caboolture. So what, what is it? Someone needs a football Queensland needs to clarify it. Well, it might change. If you want to discuss it on the hard first, there's only one point between those two, so that could change by the week as well. By the way, yeah, but it just it just needs to be look. It it doesn't matter what it is. Just they just need to be clear about it because at the moment, the way I'm looking at this ladder, you know, it, it is a difference between going going up into at least having a chance of playing in FQPL one or not at all. Okay, now you've got that off of your chest. You did notice one other thing from FQPL2 which you wanted to point out during the week, which it was actually a 2-0 mm. win for Holland Park, not Virginia, despite what the uh, graphics originally suggested. Yeah, that's that's the other thing. That's the other thing that, you know, that there needs to be some oversight in that. Look, I'm, like I said, there's plenty of... The same plant like so I don't, I don't know where, where it went wrong, but it, it's, it's kind of be acceptable that, that you know, that that you have a live stream and for most of the game, you got the wrong score, the wrong team scoring. Now I just, I look, I know it's FQPL too. And I hope it's not an attitude about what people think of that league, but yeah, that, that, that's got, that's got to stop. That, that, it's, they've got to be better. We all make mistakes. Let's look at our own social media mm-hmm. feed on Saturday night. Well, that's, why I didn't, I, that's why I didn't want to blame anyone in particular, but like I said, we, 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 pr- we promise to be better. So should you. I'm not saying another word. Other than to go through the <laughs> FQPL2 table, which does you see Surface Barrett's Apollo promoted on 48 points. And it's Sir, there's Albany Creek on 36, Sanford 34, Wynnum Wolves 33, Holland Park 27, Turinga 22, North Star 21, Magic 20, South 20, Grange Thistle 18, Coomera 13, and Virginia on 11. And Adam... You mentioned that the, the Sanford Rangers situation potentially with Wynnum Wolves. Not going to go back over that, but they're only two points behind Albany Creek Excelsior, and a top two spot is not beyond a top two future big opponent is not beyond Sanford Rangers from here. Absolutely not. And uh, considering like, I know Albany Albany Creek have got a game in hand against Coomer, so that's probably at at Viney Park as well. So that might be a bit tricky as well, especially Coomer, who at the moment look like that they're they're in trouble as far as you know trying to get out of relegation. In fact, they're going to need they're going to need need a big win some at some point because Grange Thistle five points clear with uh, one game more game played. Uh, but uh, yeah, and also as well for Sanford Rangers on the other side of the coin, uh, like they they they're down two points behind. Yes, they've played an extra game, but also Albany Creek play Surface Paradise on uh, Saturday night. So so yeah, they they certainly are within striking distance. They are. So that's and the if they sorry if they go if they get top uh, top two finals. If Sanford were having to sneak into into finals, going to Sanford. Might be a, a tough assignment for whoever whoever run finishes third. 
Absolutely. I mean, well, it would be Albany Creek more than likely, and those two sides mm. have already drawn once this year, so it could be a very tricky semi-final, no matter who hosts or doesn't host, if that does end up happening. But Adam, that's the um, recap of the week. Who's your performer of the week for us this week? Yeah, so my performer of the week, uh, look, I think, I think I might go the safe route. And as we do on most weeks, any player that scores four goals uh, in in a, a game normally gets a performer week. And that's going to make no exception. And that player of the week goes to Hugh Ceresco from uh, T- for Turinga Rovers, who scored four goals against uh, Kumara on on the weekend. And, and that's including the 92nd minute winner. So he gets my... Uh, gets my uh, performer of the week this week. A very worthy winner, no doubt about that. I would have also gone with Hugh, but I'll go something different just for the sake of being different. And I'll go for Justin Mackay for his goal from inside the centre circle against Lions SC, chipping it over his former teammate, Aiden Mumford. I'm sure he very much enjoyed that. It was a spectacular long-range goal, and he gets my performer of the week in what is a very important win for Gold Coast, Adam. Yeah, look, uh, yeah, big, big win for Gold Coast United, who uh, went went to... Uh, to the gold line and uh, broke their, their 16 match unbeaten streak in the league. So that, that's a big performance in itself. Uh, but, and I think that, that wins important as far as Gold Coast United, you know, probably the only realistic chance of uh, breaking into the top four uh, for, for the finals this season. Absolutely. Very important win there for Gold Coast. That'll be the edition of the Brisbane Football Reviews MPL. So a reminder, any correspondence you have regarding a particular rant a few minutes ago, Send to Brisbane Football Review at gmail.com care of Adam and we'll see. And he can respond to all of those coming in the next couple of days. Yeah, thanks, Scott. And I uh, look forward to the uh, correspondence, good and bad. We'll see about that. So, that'll be the edition of the Brisbane Football Review's MPL Sunday show. A reminder that we do have a Australia Cup preview for Peninsula Power against NWS Spirit coming out later in this week, as well as a recap of the round of 32 and the round of 16 draw. We'll talk to you all again next week.